So give them the technology, teach them how to use the technology and how to build up from the human brain on top of that technology. First, I'm going to start with yeah. this. Thanking you for being here this morning. Yeah. I mean, we've never really sat down and, and talked ever. And you've been in Japan for how long now? 19 years. 19 years. 2004, I came. But we know a lot of the same people. Not very large it's, it's, it's true. Especially, well, they have several foreigners here. I always like to say there's two types of foreigners. Those surviving and those thriving. <laughs> like that. <laughs> We are so the we second. Know, we're, we're thriving. We're so if we're thriving, then it changes life. It makes life a little bit different in Japan. Yeah, absolutely. Well, where were you born? Born in Bulgaria in a small village near the Black Sea called Schumann. My father went there as a journalist. He met my mom. And uh, by the way, in that city today, He's very well known. He established a museum of one of the Hungarian's heroes. Is he still with us? Is he still with us? He's, uh, he passed away, but the city memorized him with a monument. He did a lot for that city, Schumann. How old did he live to? He lived there for 20 over, over 20 years. But how old was he when he died? Uh, 70. Okay, that's yeah. young. That's he passed kind of away young. in 2003, but the okay. city where I was born, uh, pay a big respect to him because he created a museum, actually two museums, one later than this one. And then he established a competition about poetry reading of Hungarian poets in Bulgarian language, absolutely unique, nobody did that ever. One country, boys and girls, uh, competing for the best award, which is a trip to Hungary, of another country, Hungarian poetry, and that uh, competition still goes on. My mom and I donate the prize today, so it's going on for over 50 years. So now. your mom's doing well? Yes, she's, she's fine. She's How old is your mom 85. Now? 85 years yeah, old. She's, she's alive with my sister. I'm going there next week for her birthday. So it's you and you have a younger sister? She's older. She's two years older than okay. me. She lives with my so mom. So just the two of you? Yes, we are two. Yes. Were you close growing up? Yes, in the same school, by the way. We were in the same school, in the same schoolyard. We were very close with my sister. Uh, still, we are. But she lives with your mother now, so she, she lives in Sofia. She didn't get married. Did she get married? She got married. She got two boys. Uh, she's retiring later this year. She worked for the biggest electricity company in Bulgaria, the National Energy Corporation, okay. and she's fine. Yes, wow. my sister is fine. Okay, so as a little kid, what was it like for you growing up? In yes. Let's start with elementary yeah. school. Well, it was a small school where we studied with my sister, as I said. As, uh, yeah, it's a very joyful memories. Really? I remember my grandfather taking me there and back, and we, we enjoyed and like visiting that school now, over what, now 60 years. Uh, what I found out quite funnily is that the distance from home to school at those days when I was a young looked like horribly long right. and today is like from here to there. <laughs> yes, I was but you were a little kid, you trying to keep I was a little adults. kid with right, a big right. back and it's so, you know, long to right, get to the right. school and now it's just, you know. And your grandfather would be taking you? Yes. Well, did you live in the same, I mean, like yes, the families the are very close family. to me. Yes, my grandfather. House. And what about grandmother? And my, my yeah, she, she, she lived until the 80s. She actually passed away and the day she passed away she cooked for us in the morning she went to the shops bought the ingredients cooked 
the this in Bulgaria. In Bulgaria. And she passed away in the afternoon. But the food was done. It was in the oven, in the kitchen. So we came back. She was lying already dead. But we had dinner cooked by my grandmother on the same. So no hospitals, no doctors. Actually, the doctor couldn't find any document to write into the death certificate where she passed away from. And they simply put a cardiac arrest, the usual, right. uh, you know, norm causes. normal causes, uh, thing right. causes. And uh, she was very Did energetic. she pass before your grandfather? Uh, after my grandfather. After my grandfather. grandfather passed first, then my grandma. So my uh, father also passed away, but he left that uh, great memories from uh, his work. And that's the were connection you with were you Hungary. Close with your, were you close with your, your father? Yes, you very close. We were together in the same house all the time until I left for the army at the age of 18. So, But that was after Hungary. Let me go back to Hungary. Right. Because of those connections with Hungary, which my father got during those years, when I was a child. <coughs> he was invited to work in Budapest uh, as a cultural representative of the Bulgarian, there was a cultural center, Bulgarian cultural center, and he was the deputy director for four years. So we moved there when I was at the age of uh, 14. So between 14 and 18, uh, I live in Budapest in Hungary. And uh, it was marvelous. Had you, did you speak Hungarian prior to going there? No, not a single <laughs> word. It's a totally different language. I speak Russian right. from uh, year one in school, but Hungarians I learned where, where I was there. Do you still speak in Hungarian? Budapest? I can understand. I can s say a few words. Right. It's uh, quite different from all languages. You know, they, they don't use hotel and restaurants. They don't use revolution, which in every other country will be the same. They use their own word, like saloda for hotel, foradalom for revolution. So it's quite a yeah. unique country. They prefer their own for everything. And, uh, which is kind of a challenge, but uh, those days, actually my mom studied it most. She, she still remembers Hungarian quite well. I can understand, I can read, but definitely I would be, okay. I need time to re-practice my, yeah. my Hungarian. So go on, so you're in Hungary, and you yes. said that you were coming up, growing up in Hungary. Yes. What was your environment like? What was it like for well, you Well, it a was kid? a great place. We played tennis, we got the swimming wait, wait, pool, no, we were very happy in, there. Wait, in elementary school? Yes. Was in elementary school? But that was already at the age of 14. No. It must yes, be 14. the secondary school. Yeah. Okay, yes. secondary school. And that was also a Russian, English, and French. I studied all those languages. So were you more academic or were you more physical? Academic. Yeah, it was an academic school. Yes. So, you, so that's something that you enjoyed more or were you both. I think I, I was quite sport. My, well, my father was a junior champion in tennis okay. in Bulgaria, although I often joke with him because uh, it was a mixed doubles. And the lady he played with was the solo champion. <laughs> so I would say it's because of her, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's doing so well. She was always his partner, right? He's getting a bit angry at me. But I say, okay, you're, you're a champion, but don't forget to mention that you play with the solo champion in mixed doubles. <laughs> so you started playing tennis at a very early age? Yes, in those days, yes. You do do exactly. you still play tennis now? Yeah, I do. I yeah. played two days back. But you play tennis, you ski now, yeah, you do water the, sports. These two are my favorite. I, I love those two. I ski, well, during coronavirus, I went back to Bulgaria and because we were teaching online. I don't need to stay here. So I spent uh, 40 days in a ski resort, virtually 
delivered in a lecture in the morning, you know, time difference with Japan. Okay. I will start the day like 7 o'clock with a lecture to my Japanese students. Okay. Soka, yes. is that who you were giving your lecture to in the morning? Yes, yes, but from Bulgaria, from my laptop, because <laughs> it's <laughs> Corona time. You, you oh, need that's right. to oh, that's deliver right. online lectures. Exactly. So, but what, you so you sit went back, in a you ski went, You went back to Bulgaria? Yes, I, I spent all the time, those two years mostly. The university told us to teach online. They right. didn't require us any presence. Basically, they told so us. So you left just to make take sure take you your could be laptop home. and deliver your lecture wherever you are. So you went to to stay okay. with your mother. Yes, I stayed with my mom. She was so happy. You know, she said, "Oh, thank you, Corona, for bringing my son back." To be with you for two you know, because years. Two years. I spent eighty percent of the time with her, which never happened for the last thirty-two years. Right. I was always in London, in Tokyo, right. in India, right. in right. New York. So it was the time I spent with my mom, was kind of paradoxically, she thanks Corona. Of course, <laughs> the, of course. The, the biggest I mean, disease and challenge. For some people, for some was people. Was something she actually, yeah. it, that's what brought me back to her, to her house. And we spent that a lot That is beautiful. Of and I bet she had a good, good time. Very good time, yes. Although, yes, it finished. So now she's again joking and saying, what, when will be the next Corona? <laughs> I say, thanks so God, no. So she can get her boy back. <laughs> That See, is beautiful. She's very positive, very, wow. yeah, in a good way, thinking positive. My it father. sounds like your whole family is very yeah. close. If your grandmother cooked the day, the day she died, died, she went to the shops. Sure, not sure only the families, cooked, uh, she walked to the shops, and it's five floor back uh, and, and up. It's, it's, uh, we, we live on a, an apartment which was without elevator, one of those old... Uh, That's what kept her. How old is she? How old was she? 85. She? At the age so of 85, she walked down five floors. She did the shopping, and it's heavy shopping, you know. She, she has right, to right. buy everything. Everything for the whole family. Take it back on the stairs, five floors, cook it, and that's it. And we came home. So there was a hot oven, switched off, of course. Right, right. And she passed away, but we had the dinner in a memory of her life. Isn't that beautiful? That, that's beautiful. That is that's, beautiful. That's beautiful. We all that's have to do it. That's a story I remember. That yeah. is so beautiful. Okay, so going through school, okay, right. you're in Hungary, you go through school there until what age? Uh, between 14 and 18. At the age of 18, I had to go back to the army. And at those days, the army was compulsory for Bulgarians, but also my father's appointment. Ended. What year are we talking now? It was 1978, okay. 79, okay. 1979. Uh, well, my father's terms got to an end. It was a 4 years appointment with the Cultural Center. He moved back to the Ministry of Culture in Bulgaria, and it, I and my sister, actually, we had another year in a school in Bulgaria before mm -hmm. the army. So it must be 1980 okay. when I graduated and... Uh, went to the army it was in i, I was a border guard uh, oh, a border guard yes that there was a compulsory which military which border? service initially with greece okay. where i spent six months in a, a kind of a camp for uh, uh surgeons a, a kind of uh, study and uh, to become a commander of a unit you need six months training in a camp in that border but oh, then i moved back to the serbian border where I was but when you came unit. in you didn't come in yeah. as an officer no I, I came back as a sergeant yes from, oh, from the school a sergeant sergeant yes. okay so you enlisted in the yes. military in the yes. u.s we say at the time it was compulsory no escape right. 
I was actually at the time very patriotic and looking back at those uh, articles, I wrote articles in newspapers which were very patriotic, you know, love right. my country and serving right. my country. But Isn't later over the time I thought actually I, I become kind of anti-militarist. <laughs> I could have spent those two years elsewhere reading books and educating myself, so but really I never regretted the army because right. the army gave me the best friendships some of the best friendships in my life. I still am in touch with people. Don't you feel this too sometimes that the military, I think, makes you find out who you are? Yes. Because through their test and all the exactly. things they're doing, Absolutely. and you're alone, you have no one to depend upon. Yes, and you become military. kind of stronger mm, psychologically, you know, I think so. mentally stronger, because this is a time you need to be on your, yes. on your own. You become a man. It makes yeah. it's, it's what we used to say nowadays, Kids as a whole, women have their own because of nature, but men don't have any rite of passage. Mm. So it's hard for them to find out when they become a man. Yeah, that's but when that's we were growing correct, up, absolutely. when we were growing up, yeah. we knew it. You had to do military, and if you didn't, you could yeah. now buy alcohol. <laughs> you can yes. do this, but you Actually, had a rite I, of I was thinking, what are the alternatives? For example, they, they abolished the army after my son didn't go. And yeah, neither did mine. In fact, he received a letter. And my mom got a bit uh, worried about him and said, shall I? We were already in London and he grew up in London. He had a British citizenship by the time they asked him to go back to the army. And I said, don't worry. Exactly. Yeah. Because he has a British citizenship. Right, he can see, yeah. he, he's not really liable to serve another away. country army, so don't worry about that. So yes, uh, the army time was pleasant. I was in the border. We were driving horses. We were basically monitoring the border, which is not much to do because, you know, 90% of the time there is nothing to do. You just walk around, yeah. enjoy the nature, and talk to your friends. Now, in school, you were very academic. You said you liked academia. What did you like the most? What, what was Reading books, what discovering, kind of books? Uh, well, oh, uh, philosophy, mostly okay. the European philosophers, Kant, uh, 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 Schumpeter, uh, How'd you get into Nietzsche, that? kind of I, I was interested in the how the German philosophy led to the time of the Nazi. No, what would get you interested in thinking like that? Was it your father, your mother? Someone starts S that, you know what uh, I mean? Uh, was te a good teachers, teacher? actually teachers in the school, huh? oh. they, they were very uh, they were good. profound. They, they wanted me to read books. And not only, uh, again, I, I read in English, I read in uh, Russian, I read in uh, German, I didn't know, I translated books. Uh, but also even my fellow classmates, kind of, I, I get into a circle of classmates. And those boys were really interested in books, in music. We listen to all the music of the 70s. What about, what about playing instruments? I, I did, but very short time. I played the guitar, but okay. very short time. But we were listening. We were basically doing our own competition, who is the best album of those days. Back, like what? Know, Name back some back albums. Like boys, who? Uh, Michael back Jackson. <laughs> Even the before <laughs> Michael, there was before Michael Jackson, the Jackson 5. The Jackson 5, The beginning right. of Michael okay. was Jackson 5. It so was pop was really popular with you? Absolutely. Pop music. Pop music was popular. In Hungary specifically, because Hungary was very open. They have their own Pyramid, Locomotive, GT, you know, those Omega, the big uh, rock band of Europe. That's right, that's well, right. Well, some of them Hungarians, well, Hungarian, I went yes. to those concerts. It was funny time indeed. I remember because some of the shows, actually the movies were 
prohibited for the age below 18, and I was below 18. Yeah. But my sister will get me a ticket. She will, you know, she will make up looking like an older, older woman. Yes, <laughs> she will go buy two tickets and take me in. <laughs> oh, funny times! That is exactly. beautiful. Yeah, okay, so out of so out of the so straight out of high school, you went to the military. Yes, two years. In then Bulgaria, after that, back in Bulgaria, and after that, I moved to the university. First in Sofia, in Bulgaria, for one year, studying international relations. Okay. And then they announced a competition to go to Moscow because uh, the Soviet School of International Relations, it's a big power, was right. kind of attractive to us. So they say whoever scores the best results out of the first year in the university, you get the chance to move to Moscow and study the same international relations. In uh, Moscow all State... Paid for, all paid for. All paid for, yes. Right. The state paid for. Moscow State Institute of International Affairs, MGIMO, they're kind of very proud of that today. All the diplomats in Russia studied in that university. It's kind of the Harvard of Soviet Union. Okay. And I was one of the five lucky ones who got the highest score in Bulgaria, so we moved to Moscow. And we had five years studying in Moscow. Again, another wonderful memory from those days. It was the time of change, by the way. It was oh, when, when uh, Brezhnev died, uh, Andropov yeah. died, Chernenko died, and Gorbachev came. Right, Four Gorbachev came in. Four secretary right. generals in my time in Moscow between right. 1982 and 1989, Jeez. no, 1988. So I was there throughout those changes in Moscow. Quite significant to see Gorbachev finally coming, yes. somebody with the progressive mind. That's right. Now Gorbachev is the one that had, they yeah, said exactly. like a map on his exactly. head, exactly. right? Yeah, some kind of the birthmark. birthmark. Birthmark up yes, there, right. Exactly. And he and Reagan. Yes, they are doing He, Reagan, well. and Margaret Thatcher. Absolutely. These are the leaders in... They were, they were yeah, really... That still today we, we think they should be something of that... That uh, nature, right. Nature to help lead they, they did a lot. Well, the end of the Cold War, the disarmament agreement, they stopped producing those uh, nuclear rockets and all of that. That was... Usually I give this to my students. If you have a good example of leadership, Use of the three those, of them, right. Yeah, you, you, you can go back 40 years and see what Gorbachev, Margaret Thatcher, Ronald Reagan did. That, that's the class, you know, you need to... Well, they'd, but all of them from. took a lot of flag for that. Yes, absolutely. They got you a know lot of flag for that. But Gorbachev, I think of the yeah. three of them, Gorbachev had to take the most flag. I think True. he got hurt the most. He got hurt mostly by the Russians. I know, that's what I'm talking about. Bill Thatcher got hurt most by the yeah. British. Yes. <laughs> Somehow, uh, but that's probably normal lance. You I know, think so. if you look back in Churchill, again, he, he was not loved after the Second World no. War. Many dismissed his role and uh, he lost elections. And but I, I will tell you why. Uh, why I think these are great men and women is that uh, they, they were not thinking of the next re-election. They are right. much uh, visionary for the long term. They, they wanted to live a long legacy and not a short re-election. They are not thinking what happened two years late. They are thinking what happened 20, 40 years late. And that's very important for leadership because if we don't have those leaders and everybody thinks how to get re-elected only, then we got all the catastrophic challenges like climate that's change. Right, if right. you have a leader who will not say uh, how I can be reelected, okay, green politics doesn't really bring electorate. So that's why you need to go beyond that. I'm happy to lose the next election, but I want the world to be safer. I want the planet to be cleaner. 
I want the future of my children and my mm. grandchildren. So you need that long-term visionary leadership as to tackle the climate change. Can you see that happening now? Not much, and I'm worried about it. But do you think it's because of the media we have access to now? Because in those days, remember, we right. wrote letters. Right. Everything yes. took longer. You know, we saw the same movie at the yeah. same time. Right. But now, in one second. Quickly. And we expect it in a second. Yeah. So there's so much information, but not enough maturity. Absolutely. Of the individual. So how do we? Hundred percent agree. So this is the problem that we have a speed of change uh, with the media, as you mentioned, with uh, new technology, artificial intelligence, and all of that. But are we mentally ready? Are we mature, as right. you say, to right. be on that level of right. understanding and decision making and action? There's that something with the AI yeah. vast that I found very interesting. A lot of people like to think that all this n the new gadgets are for the younger kids and I'm saying no. It's actually ours. Sure. We made it. They don't even know what questions to ask. They don't know how to research what. They're looking for the next star. They don't understand the historical the importance yes, of history. Yeah. So how can they prompt an AI exactly. to give them? So I'm not worried. People worry about it and say you're cheating. Absolutely opposite. You I, can't I admire the new technology. Don't you think you know, so? I, I was in a talk Because we know how to use exactly. it, that's why. Yes, exactly. I was in a talk in United Nations, another part of my life was here in Tokyo in the UNU, United Nations University. I spent 11 years there. And in a recent conversation there, we talked exactly about that. Somebody said, how can I prevent my students from plagiarizing using the technology? And I said, no, do exactly the opposite. Uh, give them the chat box, GPT, ask them to generate a text and then to give their comments to build up on a generated <sighs> text. So that's the approach you take here. That's right. You don't deny, you don't prohibit because that becomes worse. If you prohibit a child something, he will do double. They sure will. Double. So give them the technology, teach them how to use the technology and how to build up from the human brain on top of that technology. So That's the approach so should, people worry about their jobs. They say, well, I might lose my job because of the computers. No, it's the other way around. You create a computer to take the boring part of your job so that you have free time to develop the next computer to take the better part of your job. So you give part of your job to computers as you go. I'm happy if a robot come and teach my classes and give me the time Right. To write another book and then to create another robot to write the books so that that do something more interesting. That's right. So that's the approach right. to technology should be exactly that. That's Not right. worry. Don't worry. Use it. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I've, you're the first person I've heard to explain it that way. Because that's my feeling 100% because I've been using it and I've watched how my sons used it. And mm. they said, Dad, look what we can do. And I said, that's fine. What are you going to do? Do you know how to use that though? It's like... Exactly. I can give, you can give anyone a super fast car. Exactly. If they don't know how to drive, doesn't what can they matter. do with it? Absolutely, it doesn't matter. What are they going to do with it? Absolutely. So plagiarizing, how can you plagiarize if you can't understand what is written? Exactly. <laughs> so you can No, my, my colleagues in Soccer <laughs> worried. They, they decided to think of a way to Just challenge that. And I said, right. don't worry. Let them plagiarize, but show the computer-generated text and compare to their own. And you cannot plagiarize twice. That's right. <laughs> Once you plagiarize once, then you need something that's right, that's from right. your to add to that. You know? See, and I, we can get into a bigger discussion about this yes. because plagiarizing, first of all, how do we learn unless we plagiarize? Exactly. We start by reading and it's memorizing, it's right? None of this belongs to exactly. us. It's coming through us. Exactly. Not from us. 
through us, and we might combine it differently. Yeah. That's like music, too. You hear it, and after you hear it, you develop your own tone. True. It's still not yours because it's been someone's done the same thing. Exactly. Over exactly. You're absolutely right. Every musician will follow the rules, will plagiarize, will learn, will listen, will practice until he or she creates the his own music, right? Mm -hmm. So it's exactly with the science. We we don't worry about plagiarism. We want students to read and to reproduce what they read, what they think. And it's easy to spot because in a face-to-face -face conversation with a you student, you, you cannot play this. Here right. the you moment, know. You know this where whatever you have written on the paper, face-to-face -to, -face to the professor, you cannot really That's escape right. from saying That's your right. exactly That's opinion. Right. Or your See, but you know what I think it does also too, Vast. You mentioned that. You said face-to-face. -face. There are many professors that are teachers for some mm. that really shouldn't be teaching mm. because they don't know their students. It's good and the face and to face. And then they get upset because if they're reading it, they don't want to take the time to get to know those people. Right. They want to get their paycheck, get this exams done. And that's, that's the sad part. Yes. That's, that's the sad yes. part. Yes. Everyone should not be parents. Everyone should not be teachers. Yes, it's a profession, like uh, other professions. It takes a bit of a personal, individual uh, bond and relationship with the kids. But you grew yeah. up, that's why we're going back to your yeah. background. You grew up in a relationship where everybody was bound together, you had the trust, you yes. had the love, True. you wanted each of the, each person to, to survive and grow. True. That uh, cooperation among people, among friends, among families is, is crucial for the humanity to survive, I'll say. Mm -hmm. We need to understand each other, to feel each other, to know everyone. And the it's a small circle, but useful one mm -hmm. to create the values and the uh, vision we are talking about, exactly. A good family, good school, teachers, mm. uh, friends. Circles. You have two children of your yes. own. You have One is in, uh, well, they are both in England. One is in London, Ilya. Uh, he, <laughs> he used to work for the British Prime Minister's office. So your now first child was a boy? The, yes, he is okay. Ilya, the Ilya, boy. Right. And uh, yeah, he educated in England from the age of two to age of 18. He went to King's College for the first degree, UCL for the second degree, and ended up with several s short jobs, including in Tokyo one. That's how he got married. Uh, oh, his wife is Japanese. Yes, Japanese yes, wife. Yeah. And the, the funny story is he, he used to work for the British Prime Minister. At the time, it was Theresa May. And he's a media person like you. He's a media and communication team to improve her image. Okay. And somehow I remember him complaining that he doesn't work with her. She's a smart decision maker, but on camera she doesn't look good and they're trying to improve that and things like that. And I said, don't worry, prime ministers change. You stay and you do the work and there will be a new one. Mm. And then came uh, Boris Johnson <laughs> and he got kind of disappointed from a different angle because Boris Johnson is very media person. He was used to be a journalist, but he doesn't listen any advice. So that's another thing. And the same as I said, don't worry, Leah, it will for some time. There will be a new one. He was their, camera he was their cameraman? Yes. Well, not only. He also writes the, the briefs, the Twitter, and the Yes, he's a good writer. Wait, wait, but he's writing for these pr for the prime ministers? N uh, not the speeches, not okay. the speech writer for the prime minister, which is another team. Right. But he's doing the press releases. Okay. So he invites the media and he right. presents the work of the prime minister to the media. He does it himself? Yeah, well, the team he is with. The team. But, so what's his main job? Is he, 
We coordinate all of it. It's called uh, so is he a digital communication okay. team. Okay. Digital communication team, which includes Twitter. Everything. They improve the everything the prime minister does need to be improved for the world. Right. And they do right. the camera work, but also the text, the briefs, the releases. Okay, okay, okay. What goes out to the public, right. to the media, right. they, they double check it. And the audio and the, the video. It's called yes. digital communication. Okay. And then, then, yes, the, the funny story continues because he was not happy with Boris Johnson. And Daddy again said, don't worry, there will be a new one. But then the new one was Liz Truss. <laughs> and that's why he said, Daddy, I'm done. I'm done. I, I move. I moved to the foreign office. I want something. <laughs> they, they change, but not for the better. <laughs> so what's, so what's now he doing he's now? with the foreign office. He's with the foreign office. He's okay. still in the what they call the civil meeting. service. Okay. So he rotates jobs. He's happy there. It's much more interesting to be with the foreign and commonwealth office. Uh, so he enjoys doing the same work. Did, did, he, did he make you a grandpa yet? Uh, yes, uh, he, he came to uh, Tokyo. We we spent nice time with. I have two granddaughters okay. from my son now. <laughs> they are three and one. So That's beautiful. Juno. So lovely family. You know the the way they married is funny too. If you want yeah, to know tell that. Me the story. So no, I, I know the one story. You know, and I had a party at home with about twenty five people. But uh, after several drinks, I saw a boy and a girl who kind of are very shy in the two corners of the living hall. And I decided, almost like a joke, to introduce them. Went first to the boy and said, oh, lovely girl there. Shall I tell you more about her? Although I didn't know anything about her. I said, she's from a great family, very well educated, future star. And you're then make, I, you're I making this up? Yeah. Okay. And then I went to her and said, exactly, this boy there, he's a absolutely great. He's a banker, which I knew. He's very well educated, great family. So I match them, make them a big cocktail, make them sit on my best sofa and forgot about the story. Absolutely. Yeah, I was drunk myself. And two years later, they found me, they call me and they say, please come to our wedding. You <laughs> met us in that party. <laughs> Oh, yeah. did, did you remember it? You no, didn't even remember it. There remember were so happened. many parties, I That's met right. so many people. But yes, if, if you say so, okay, wait. I will come. <laughs> I will make the speech for your wedding, obviously. Shall I say the truth wait. that I got drunk? Wait. No, no, no. <laughs> please, 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 be, be yeah, serious. Make it, make it seem like you're really I'll, okay. I'll make it serious for right. your parents. <laughs> I, I make speeches all my life. I'm a right. professor. So and we go to that wedding with my son and the sister of the groom. But how old was your son then? So he was, uh, now he's 32, and that oh, was he's probably he's seven, eight years ago. Yeah. So we got to that wedding, and the sister of the groom got attracted. She, she came to our table all the time, she spoke to him, and I found there is some connection. <laughs> so I made another party. I invite her with her friend, okay. the two girls. They come, and I remember how they basically put Ilya into the corner, don't allow him to speak to any other girls in the party, bring the food and drinks there, purposefully. <laughs> and that was it. That's how they start dating, and now they are married. We have two, two granddaughters. But you also have a daughter, don't you? And she, Dimana, yes, <coughs> she is younger. She is now 31. So my son is 33, my daughter is 31. Now these are all, I'm just being Interesting with my daughter is that at the age of 26, she worked in six countries. She worked in London, she worked in Ecuador, she went to Harvard for a job, 
She moved to Vietnam and to Australia on those six months uh, holiday visas. So that's what, well, I'm, I, I usually say I'm a global citizen because I live in six countries. But I'm 60, my daughter is 30. You know, and that's right. they have to, and yeah, at have the age of 26, she already they all that. went through those Do they both jobs. have the same mother? Yes, yes, okay. yes. Mm. We are, but we divorced, but mm. yes, that's fine. They are, they, yes. are, they are in good contact with yeah. their mom. No, no, it was a friendly divorce. Right, nothing, so you still get together. Well, sometimes yes. all of you get Mo together. Sometimes. Yes, most of the time. Oh, that's beautiful. Life is uh, changing, you know, it is, uh, dynamic. It is. Uh, for now, you mentioned marriage, and that's another funny thing, that mm -hmm. when we decided to divorce, we had to find that signature on a document that we, you know, we are marriage certificate. Right, well uh, but nobody <laughs> cared about that. They I couldn't find, she couldn't find it. We asked my mom, she asked her mom, and somehow I started realizing if the marriage is about that signature, that's right. it matters only for the divorce. Never ever we had to find that signature. Signed document. The piece of document. But no one ever asked for it. But either. if we divorce, then we need to go back to the marriage. So, That's kind right. of marriage is about that divorce Isn't when it? you need yeah. that signature. You can live with the partner for the rest of your life without that signature. That's right. Love each other. That's right. And not need that bloody document. It's just the government yes. starts to. <laughs> but I don't know that. You know something? I don't even know that they really make you prove that you're married to the person. I don't for, for the divorce, you need to. No, prove, but I mean, but I mean, otherwise, for, for tax reasons, or if you're no. living with someone, you can say well, this is my wife. Civil partnerships, you know, now I with know they the do. They development do. of the same-sex marriages, right, right. there are a lot of uh, development. Uh, by the way, that's also the story of my my daughter lives with a female partner. Okay, they're absolutely straight. They're not lesbian. But they wait, 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 decided wait. to live together as a partner. Oh, oh, I understand. Oh, that my is beautiful. But that's Somehow she got several boyfriends, not happy, and her partner, several Same boyfriends, thing. and they decided to get rid of the boys, <laughs> to get together. But they're both straight They're both straight girls, and each of them want to have one child on her own. With the <laughs> So my daughter is Bulgarian, 100%, and her partner is British, 100%, and uh, now her partner got a baby from a donor who is Bulgarian, she doesn't know who no, it who is, but it's the half Bulgarian, half British okay. boy, my, my grandson. Right. And my daughter will do the same with a British donor to be half Bulgarian, half British. Now, I'm, wait, now how did you handle that? Wait, wait. Now, I know you live in this society, but still you grew up at a time that was very traditional. Yes. So I know you had to do some searching. Did you want to blame your wife right away? No. <laughs> Never, you know. Say, that, that's the funny thing, Lance. I'll tell you the funny things okay. here. Many people think that what is traditional marriage is the best. No. Half of the traditional marriages, by all, including divorce, right? And you know, the biggest argument against the same-sex couples adopting children is that the children will not be happy with two mothers or two fathers. Wrong. There is a research in Cambridge showing the opposite. If you need to overcome all the stigmas in the society, to get a child as a same-sex couple, you will love that child. So all the data shows to the opposite. Children from same-sex marriages are much happier than half of the children in a family of scandals, divorces, domestic violence, and all of that. So there is, you know, we, we sometimes live with the illusions of the traditions, That's which true. we need to reconsider. And true. look at my daughter. She say, okay, I know the Bulgarian constitution say man and woman as a family unit, you know. But that was written 40 years ago. That's right. And she said the, bi reasons. the Bible say man and woman. 
that was written 2000 years you ago. Write? <laughs> so how a book written 2000 years ago will tell Why me to be happy. <laughs> they have their reasons, you know. And I'm a very prominent advocate for, again, choices, diversity, absolutely no limitations. Whatever people enjoy doing, they should be allowed to do it. They don't damage anybody, you know. Mm -hmm. I, s I look at Caspian, my, my grandson, and I love him as my, it's not my blood, you know. It's my daughter, partner, baby, but it's my grandson. I have absolutely no difference to look at my granddaughters, which are kind of my blood, and my grandson, who is not my blood, they, are the s they play together. I, I, I hug three of them all the time, you know, there is no difference. That is so beautiful. Yes, yes, oh. absolutely. Where are you going? There's something I remember growing up. Like I said, I think people should, have, should be taught how to parent. They should be able to taught how to be really good teachers, those things, which we don't do, and then the most important things we'll ever do our whole life. For example, you know how, in America anyway, I know that when people are growing up for kids, because I was thinking about how I raise my sons, they usually have a bedroom for the kids. They separate them immediately mm -hmm. from the parents. But I remember I was watching this documentary mm -hmm. on these emotionally mature tribal people, and the reason why they were so emotionally mature is because they were never separated. Mm -hmm. They, they allowed their children the to, to they allowed their children to, to sleep beside them until they became adults. That's what I did with my sons. Correct. You're right. I never you were, yeah, I, I never ever put parents. them in there. They had a room. Yes. I had their room. You have a choice to and be private they chose or to, to be social. And they chose yeah. to, to leave eventually. Yeah. Yeah. And I only kicked one out. That was Lonnie. Because <laughs> he, 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 he was about seven oh, years old. So and he, he didn't cut his toenail and he scratched me again. I said, ah! Okay, <laughs> you got to go. Time for you to leave. Exactly. But, you but have a choice. I've always huh? known yeah, that they yeah. were loved and it was their choice. Yes, exactly. And that's something Children you do. need choice. They, they need they? to develop as, uh, you know, choice making exercise. They, they, they need to be free to do what they well, Kind of, I found we follow them. Huh? whatever right, they, right. They, they, they it's not that they follow us obviously they, well, they have to us. they learn but also we learn so it's yeah. a mutual learning well through your through your lecturing and through all your activities your sports activities skiing and loving tennis, to play tennis yeah. yes swimming swimming i was yesterday in the beach and <laughs> jump over the all waves you said you with mark forty right yes 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 mark Frank, Mark, he's yeah, a good guy, too. I'm going to have him on eventually. Sure. He's a yeah, good guy. Ask him and you say you have your own events. What kind of events do you have? Well, I, I do conferences, mostly academic projects. Uh, the latest one is revision of the United Nations Charter. Right, no but less you, than but that. But you say these are events, but this, you're putting this together? Yeah, I put group together, scholars. Okay. And we, oh, so it's uh, not for the public, it's general It's a workshop. Public. Well, okay. it, it will go public. In September, we are producing the declaration, which will go to the United Nations General Assembly. So we are working on, uh, well, we are not happy with the United Nations, with the wars, with the climate change and all of that. And we think there are fundamental uh, deficiencies in the text of the United Nations Charter, the right of five powers to veto other resolutions and so on, the inequality between the members. So we are trying to revise the system, the global governance system, by introducing changes. Now, even looking at article by article uh, changes of the UN Charter. So I do academic projects like this. Okay. I, I publish my own stuff, you know, I write articles and books. 
I have over 20 books, by the way. Is that right? Yes. Based on based upon mm -hmm. what politics? Go to Amazon and see them. Yes, okay. based on my previous projects. So this which is are the latest. which are which based? Oh, I had one called implementation of the Paris Agreement on Climate Change. Okay, so these are all political. The the latest one ratings. is called Reimagination of International Legal Order, published okay. virtually two weeks ago by. Routledge. I just had a book launch in Washington in right. the Institute for Peace. Right. So I do book projects, which are edited books. It's not only mine. There right. are 20 people writing chapters, and mm -hmm. then I'm editing and publishing it. But I had also my own. And also I do conferences. Uh, I speak at many conferences. I, I just came back from Washington. I was in Madrid the week before that, going to London next in the uh, end of July. Yes, it's uh, academic work. It's uh, teaching during the semester here, but you have like two months in the summer, two months in the winter to travel and to meet colleagues, professors, attend conferences, speak, and to also do. I I want to do more on uh, exact on global governance, on climate change, those risks that faces uh, this the humanity faces, and how to improve the system. Yeah, we are worried that the institutions do not uh, match the challenges we have. And with with sustainability, you mean? Yes, sustainability, okay, right. climate change, right. the way of the ecological disasters, environmental degradation. So, so what you try to do is basically give them a way where they can still feel like they're achieving goals without destroying our environment. Environment, exactly. Sustainability. You you, you put it correctly. So That's how to how our so grandchildren. So you, so you put these to intellects suffer. together, you yes. put these scholars together and you guys just kind of brainstorm? Brainstorm, but also each of them and me including write a text which goes into a book. So basically what we call book project is uh, exactly somebody need to lead and to conceptualize mm -hmm. and to give the tasks right. of the chapters, the titles. Right. Right. And then people write their text, they send to me, I revise them, edit them, and they go to public, to, pub uh, to publishing. So when you say edit them, and I'm just curious, so let's say if I was one of the scholars, yes. and you edited mine, do I get to see it before yes, you put oh, it of in? of course. So obviously. I have to approve what you've edited? Of course, yes. And I'm I can say, no, I'm no, 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 I want you to leave. Well, my edits are mostly to make it kind of consistent with cohesive So I'm not changing anybody's You want it to flow. I want to say, look, can I suggest and he or she decide whether to accept my suggestion. I I, I'm not changing anything. It's there, my they have to speak. Yeah. That's a good okay. way of putting it exactly. So these are the, it's not really events, it's uh, workshops, uh, conferences, I fundraise, I have my project uh, with uh, several foundations. So yes, the, and the next one is the revision of the UN Charter, which will go public in September. And then, uh, yeah, thinking of another book maybe next year. I, I was also privileged to work in India. I uh, worked for the global, uh, General Global University. Didn't you say you were on television there? Yes, several times. Several with times, the yes. News. Yes, we, we do a lot. We now, we is the royal Because we. the academics, okay. the colleagues, academics, the okay. professors, right. try to kind of change the mind of the policymakers. Not easy task. Right. We are advocating for change and for exactly the leadership we are talking about, which we had 40 years ago and we don't see today. Right, right. Before I end, yeah. uh, before I end the podcast, there's a question I always like to ask. If you could go back in time and meet the younger Vass mm. and one. give him advice, mm. 
How old would he be and what advice would you give him? Oh, that's a good one. That's a very, very excellent question. Advice to the younger. <laughs> need, need time. And how old would he be? <laughs> to which of the vessels? <laughs> and how many times can you go back? Oh, no, very good one. I need to think. I, I will write my next book about it. That's a great question. Okay, let me figure out something which I regret it. Uh, okay. So probably, yes, one, you, usually when you ask people who are very aged already, at the age of 90, what do they regret? Usually they say, I, nobody say I regret doing less work, you know, right. writing less books. They, they, they will say more like I regret not having enough time for the children and grandchildren. So probably that could be one advice I would have given to when I was back, uh, let's say, 30 or 35 or 40, I, I could have spent more time with my kids at those ages. But could we, but really, but I'm sorry, I shouldn't interrupt I, I don't know how to do that, but I was ambitious. I was spending all my life in offices and, you know, jobs. But yes, that's probably something I would love to do more, let's put it this way. Mm -hmm. It's difficult to go back, but yes, that's how I will answer that. I want to thank you so thank much you for your so time. Thank you so much, Juan. It's a thank pleasure so meeting you always. Enjoy. I want to thank all of you for watching this podcast. Make sure you press like and subscribe. And never forget, it's all on loan, so continue to reach for the stars. Because we are too blessed to be stressed. <laughs>